Chart Chat is a member of the Tiege.fm network from WTJU Radio. Find out more at Tiege.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Hello everybody, it's Monday, December 10th, 2018. I'm Tanner Green and you are listening to Chart Chat, your weekly guide to the past week of pop singles hitting the US and UK charts. That's right, dear listeners, Caitlin is out this week. Uh, Unfortunately, she's being pulled in a bunch of different directions by her work. Hopefully everything goes well. Wishing her all the best. And in the meantime, we're going to jump right in. We're going to run through these US uh, chart entries and there aren't a ton of them as perhaps befits the last month of the year. We start down at number 90, where Jacquees debuts with You. Debuting at number 71, we have the first of a handful of 6-9 tracks. This one's titled Waka, featuring a boogie with the hoodie. Reigning pick of the week champion, Billie Eilish, debuts at number 69 with Come Out and Play. And the remainder of tracks are all from 6-9, debuting at number 62, 59, and 58, respectively. There's TikTok, Kika, and Mama. Those three tracks, respectively, are featuring Lil Baby, Tory Lanez, and then Mama features both Nicki Minaj and Kanye West. So not a lot to work with there. There are two potential options I could take. I could continue to gush about Billie Eilish, like we did last week, and the last time we talked about her with When the Party's Over. Or I could talk about how I wish I had seen Jacquees when he performed here in Charlottesville recently. I still regret that. Jacquees, keep an ear out for him. He's on the rise. I hope he is. But since it's December and I'm seeing all of these publications putting out year-end lists, I'm thinking to myself, why don't we do something like that here on Chart Chat? After all, there's nothing I love more than a good list, and if Caitlin's gone, that means no one is around to stop me. Ha. And I have just the idea, too. So in addition to listening to the Hot 100 debuts every week for the regular episodes of this podcast, I've also been listening to all of the albums that debut on the Billboard 200. Again, that's the aggregate flagship albums chart. And there are only a couple exceptions that I've made in doing that listening, something like compilations, archival releases, most live albums except for live albums from genres like gospel or something like that, where live albums are more central to the sort of creative mainstream of that particular genre. But in any case, here's the plan. Each week, I'm going to highlight what I think are the best episodes of the year that charted on the Billboard 200, covering a quarter year every episode, three months. That not only gives me an excuse to babble about my albums of the year list that I'm in the process of constructing, It also gives us the opportunity to talk about music that doesn't hit the Hot 100, but is still very much a part of mainstream popular music in the United States. And full disclosure, this is admittedly something of a dry run for me to workshop another podcast idea that I've been toying with that does something with this album listening project I've been doing over the course of the year. Sound good? Good. So today, we're covering January, February, and March. We're going to go through four albums. The four albums from that period that hit the Billboard 200 that I think really stand out and are really something special. So let's take a deep breath and dive in. Yeah. How could you be so careless? I sweat this, I swear. I think I'm losing my voice. I took no time to take care. I smashed my phone, but honestly, I feel relieved. Can't reach me, no, I can exhale on my own 
That was Take Care by Irish musician Eden, a.k.a. Jonathan Ng, from his debut album Vertigo. Ng started his career as the Eden Project back in 2013, where he focused more specifically on electronic music production. The increase of singing and integration of a more indie pop style that we hear in this track and throughout Vertigo didn't come in until Ng started going by Eden in 2015. And over the years, Ng has been steadily amassing a, a fan base. Uh, he's been touring extensively and has found increasing success on streaming services, which makes it all the stranger that while he's breaking into the mainstream now more than ever, Vertigo debuted all the way up at number 34, and Eden has over 1.75 million monthly streams on Spotify, it's still extremely hard to find coverage or reviews of his music from big-name publications. That's not to say there isn't any coverage of his music whatsoever, but any of the big outlets, whether that's New York Times, Washington Post, what have you, not finding a lot out there. The, the closest I could find was a short little get-to-know-you video that Billboard put out at the end of last year. And that's about it. So while Chart Chat is certainly no big-name publication, you can consider this segment of this episode my small effort to rectify the lack of critical attention that Eden receives. And what I want to specifically praise here are Eden's skill as both a producer and particularly as an arranger. On the former front, Vertigo is full of these small touches that throw a wrinkle into traditional song formats. For example, you have the vocal filter that enters along with the beat about one minute into that take care clip that we listen to. That filter being muffled, slightly distorted, places Ng's voice at a further remove while also making it more aggressive. And Eden himself is switching to a more aggressive style of singing, almost verging into half-rapping. And so that filter really amplifies what he's going for with his voice. And the arrangements here on Vertigo, in particular, floor me every single time I listen. It's particularly impressive since Eden is a one-man product. The entirety of the sounds, as far as I can tell from my research, the entirety of the sounds on this album are all from him. And so on Take Care in particular, I'm thinking of that string section that we heard in the background of the clip that we played, and also that string section reappears later in the song as a solo transitional section. It's woozy, dramatic, you have a lot of sliding up into and down out of notes, and there's some tasteful counterpoint going on behind the melody. It might not be that much of a surprise that Eden is trained as a classical violinist, and that's nowhere more apparent than here with this particular section. It's very far from your traditional string section in a pop song that might be less mobile, might act as more of just a sort of flavoring as opposed to some more integral part of the piece. 
And structurally speaking, it's also a really interesting section because just when it starts to build to what sounds like a climax, perhaps you'll have the beat return or perhaps you'll have the vocals return or maybe both. Instead, it pulls the rug out from under you. There's a moment of silence, and then if you listen on past the excerpt I played there, it returns to just a soft guitar and soft vocals. So again, it's this tension that I think makes Eden a really impressive musician. You have the dramatic flair that suits the recurring lyrical themes of romantic angst and heartbreak, but at the same time, it's constantly nuanced and tweaked by these unexpected terms of timbre and sequencing and it continually keeps you on your toes while not completely throwing out the sense of engagement that you can get with a traditional pop song with a very clear verse-chorus structure, like most of these songs do follow, just with lots of wrinkles along the way. And that's kind of the main reason why Vertigo is one of maybe four or so releases on my shortlist for album of the year. I'm still weighing things, I'm still mulling things over, still have some albums to check out, but regardless, it is a fantastic album that I highly recommend people check out because I'm not seeing a lot of other people talk about it, at least in music critic circles. So go get it. Go check it out. Spring by Korean musician Kim Chonghyun, the final track from his posthumous album Poet Artist. Chonghyun sadly committed suicide at the end of last year, triggering an outpouring of grief from fans of both his solo work and his work as the lead singer of K-pop group Shiny. And Shiny formed all the way back in 2008, a decade ago, and by the start of the next decade, into 2010 and 2011, they were topping charts in their home country as well as breaking into international markets from Japan to the UK. I believe they were the first Korean act to perform at Abbey Road Studios. I could be wrong. Send me an email if so. But Chongkyun started his solo career at the start of 2015 with the release of his EP Bass, which topped the charts in South Korea as well as the Billboard World Albums chart. And over the course of his career, Chongkyun received praise for his exceptional songwriting, so much so that his management company SM Entertainment afforded him an unprecedented degree of creative freedom. K-pop as a genre and an industry is known for its intense control of artists' careers, particularly those acts signed by SM Entertainment. And a key part of Chung Hyun's creative brilliance lay in his comfort with a wide variety of genres, and that quality is on full display on poet artists. You've got trap, you've got older styles of hip-hop harking, even back to 90s R&B styles of drum programming, but then at the same time you've also got some future bass beats, you've got a very close to straight-up house track, 
And these genres are all rendered in breathtaking clarity. The mixing is crystal clear with no instrument or, or sound bludgeoning you over the head. And that clarity makes the groove-oriented tracks like Rewind, the house track I mentioned, very easy to get lost in. And it makes the hooks on the track like, say, Just for a Day, sparkle because you're not, again, being bludgeoned over the head with it. You're able to find your own way into that hook as a listener. And once you're there, it's very, very hard, at least in my experience, to get out. But for me, the most breathtaking part of Poet Artist comes at the very end, with the very last song that we just heard again before our spring. And I actually listened to this album without prior knowledge of Shiny or Hyun's death. So while admittedly my love for the song has been inescapably shaped in the months since by that additional layer of sadness that comes with knowing of an artist's passing, I think the beauty of the song is evident on its own merits. Hyun's vocals here are almost impossibly beautiful. He's able to pivot into small moments of joy. You have that ascending do-do-do. It's actually pitched a little lower. Do, do, do. Somewhere in there. But then he turns around in what feels like an instant into this wrenching quiver or shudder. There are those lone high notes he hits. The ba, ba. And every time he does that, it just cuts me to my core. He has this breathiness that conveys the sense of vulnerability that you would expect from that sort of tone but there's a strength there as well i don't know how to describe it it's one of those it's one of those vocal performances that highlights the difficulty of trying to describe music in words especially because this is a song that more often than not when i wind up listening to it brings me to tears the dynamics throughout the song are impeccable you have a very gradual build over the course of the song as strings and, and harmonies enter, but don't overwhelm, again, that tastefulness. And that tastefulness extends to the piano accompaniment as well. Very gentle, very soothing, very swaying, and it's just, it's a marvel from start to finish, really. That was Ryland, Under the Apple Tree. That's a track from the debut album See You Around by folk slash bluegrass slash Americana slash whatever genre you want to call them, a trio called I'm With Her. All three group members are multi-instrumentalists. For one, they all play guitar and they all sing. And on top of that, they each play another instrument. Quite well, I might add. You have Sarah Watkins, who also plays violin. Sarah Jarose also plays mandolin. And Aoife Donovan plays the keyboard. And all three of these women have had extensive, successful careers, including Grammy wins, in various roots music scenes long before they formed I'm With Her. 
and their touring success lies at the heart of this group's formation. So these three women first met and gave an impromptu performance at the 2014 Telluride Bluegrass Festival. And while they continued their pre-existing careers in the time since that performance, they continued to keep in touch and collaborate and work on material. First in 2015 came performances of tightly arranged cover material. They toured, I believe, in Europe as well as the U.S., or it might have just been Europe. But then in late 2015 into early 2016, they began writing and recording their own material. And then you fast forward to this past February, and the result is this album, See You Around. I previously mentioned Chong Hyun's mastery of vocal dynamics, and that is just as true for the women of I'm With Her. The way that vocal refrain, the under the apple tree line, lets the harmony surge in and then ebb and flow. Get the under the apple tree. That kind of loud, soft, loud, soft, ebbing and flowing that is very infectious. And then in the B section with the singer, who I believe is O'Donovan, Sings the high note on pies, turn it into butter and bake it into pies. When she sings that word, it sounds like she's breaking out in the smile that I can't help but mirror. It's incredibly cozy. It's incredibly peaceful. It's very unhurried. And on the flip side, I'd be remiss if I didn't also mention the superb instrumental abilities of all of these women. Other tracks on See You Around like Pangea or I-89 contain some really dazzling interlocking parts but I'd argue that part of being an expert musician is knowing when to play subtly and simply, and Ryland is the perfect example of that. You have very simple guitar arpeggios, you have these one-note violin tremolos and sustains. I'm with her, make it sound effortless. And that seemingly effortless skill persists throughout the duration of this album. And for an hour the stranger stayed he sat with them and he seemed to pray But then the young man drew a gun And killed nine people all in In Charleston in the month of June the mourners gathered in a room The president came to speak some words And the cameras rolled and the nation heard But no words could say what must be said For all the living and the dead So on that day The president sang Amazing Grace The president sang Amazing Grace That was The President Sang Amazing Grace from folk icon Joan Baez's latest album, Whistle Down the Wind. Baez is a woman who needs no introduction but to be crass and give her one anyway for listeners that might be unfamiliar. Baez's career stretches all the way back to the late 1950s. And after she started, she quickly established herself as both a leading name in the 1960s folk music revival and a musician with a long-running commitment to various social causes. She marched in myriad civil rights marches in the 1960s, participated in numerous protests against the Vietnam War during that same decade and the following one. 
She performed at benefits against anti-gay legislation in the 1970s in California. The list goes on. And more recently, Baez's output of recorded music has been rather scarce. Whistle Down the Wind is her first album in 10 years, following its predecessor Day After Tomorrow. And this album's release accompanies an announcement that this will actually be Baez's last year of formal touring. As with Day After Tomorrow, Whistle Down the Wind takes its title from a Tom Waits song that Baez covers on the album. And that's only one of many reasons I'm jealous of those who got to see Baez in concert, because Tom Waits' original performance of the song is one of my favorites, and I would love to see Joan Baez perform that live, because the, the, the cover on this album is very good. But while Baez covers a variety of moods and lyrical themes on Whistle Down the Wind, the president saying Amazing Grace is perhaps the most vivid of these. Lyrically, the track muses on the national morning following the 2015 white supremacist attack on a black church in Charleston, South Carolina, the words observing the inadequacy of words themselves and the need for faith and music in the wake of such tragedy. And musically speaking, the simple piano accompaniment, to my ears at least, echoes that of a church hymn. So it's very in keeping with the lyrical focus. And the other instruments that are present, you have that really low string bass tone. You have some occasional flourishes from cymbals or guitars. But these instruments are mostly relegated to the sidelines. They generally provide transitional flourishes between stanzas. Overall, the focus is squarely on the lyrics and squarely on Baez's vocals, which have, at her age, a grain and a pathos very well suited to the somber, serious subject matter. And there's almost nothing more to say about the song. It's a deeply moving meditation on one of many recent cases of racial terrorism from a woman who's added her voice to movements against such violence for her entire career. And there you have it. Four great albums, four great songs, four snapshots of the first three months in music hitting the Billboard 200. And with that, thank you so much for listening to Chart Chat, and thank you for going along with the slightly unconventional approach. We'll see if this continues to keep up for the remainder of the month, but I'm excited to hear feedback from people, see what they think. But as always, if you'd like to listen to all of this past week's chart debuts, you can find a Spotify playlist in the show notes. And if you have any questions, feedback, or corrections, you can get in touch with us via email at chartchatcast at gmail.com. And if you're interested in following us on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ChartChatCast. Also, please consider rating and reviewing us on your platform of choice. We love the feedback. It helps us find new listeners, which we're always hankering for. We're hoping to ramp up the marketing of this podcast in the coming years. So we greatly appreciate anyone's effort to chip in there by rating and reviewing us. Chart Chat's intro theme was written by Peter Kelly, and our cover art was made by Billy Phillips, both from Coronation Media. Coronation Media is a creative studio specializing in video production, animation, and graphic design. To learn what they can do for your company or organization, visit www.coronationmedia.com. Chart Chat is also a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J.fm. Thanks again for listening to Chart Chat. I'm Tanner Green, and we'll catch you next week. I'm